0: Welcome to our podcast, Ignite Convo. We will be discussing different social work topics throughout this series to ignite conversations and dispel negative stigmas. My name is Jennifer Salazar-Garcia, and I am joined by my classmate, Victoria Ramos. We are both senior undergraduate social work students at Azusa Pacific University. Today, we will be discussing the topic of homelessness and how we can better understand this population despite current stigma surrounding them. On February 12, 2021, we had the great honor of interviewing Joanna Hirasuna, who is the Director of Social Services for the Salvation Army in Pasadena. She has worked for the Salvation Army for the past six years. Her duties include overseeing the daily food pantry services, short-term case management, and working within the Pasadena community to network, collaborate, and advocate for people experiencing homelessness. Much has changed for all of us since the COVID-19 pandemic began, and Joanna will discuss how her work has shifted since. So without further ado, let's ignite Convo.
1: What are some of those widely held misconceptions surrounding homelessness?
2: There's certainly quite a few. Uh, A lot of what we've been working with, even prior to COVID, uh, was in the community engagement, like I mentioned, through our faith community committee. And that's just dispelling a lot of the misconceptions the perceptions often are you know people who are homeless it's they're lazy or it's because they want to or it's because they all have mental health and all have substance uh, substance abuse and so it gets to be very uh, overly generalized and uh, don't get me wrong there are individuals of course who are experiencing homelessness in part because of their substance use or their mental health But there's so much more to it. There are so many more layers, there's so many more reasons why a person may become uh, homeless. And it could be our neighbor, whom, unfortunately, even more so now with COVID, you know, lost her job or experienced a, a death in the family, especially if it was one of the primary breadwinners. And it really just spiraled and because We have a population who's very fragile, who's really living paycheck to paycheck, who they're one illness or one car problem away from really not being able to sustain themselves and their families. And so those are reasons why people experience homelessness. Uh, Yes, of course, there's also a lot of uh, trauma that leads individuals to then becoming homelessness. There's gaps in services uh, that lead for people not getting the treatment that they need that leads to homelessness. There are many, many reasons. Of course, let's, you know, we get into the whole systemic racism and and generational poverty. I mean, this is certainly something that I can speak to you at quite lengthy uh, process. And and I know that that's not really, um, you know, the the, the platform to do that in, but really those are some of them. and, And it's trying to get that message. One thing that the city has been trying to do with our faith community community is trying to figure out what narrative do we really want there to be out there and getting other organizations and service providers, nonprofits to really come together and say, let's focus on this narrative that we all agree on to really try and get that message out there so that we can avoid you know, miscommunications and, and one group saying one thing and another group saying another. And so really trying to, I think more than anything, bottom line paint the fact that anyone experiencing homelessness could be any one of us and it's as simple as that it could be any individual at any given point and there is not this one set group of people that are those that become homeless it's it's a problem that can happen to anybody
1: Yeah, especially, like, homelessness comes in different forms, you know, people living in their cars or or in their neighbor's house or friends and family, and, like, there is also, like, on the streets, in tent or just laying down wherever they can, so... Yeah, yeah. And
2: you know what? Um, thank you for mentioning because that's a really valid thing. So, uh, homelessness, uh, depending on who you ask, the definition is definitely different. So, for her, the housing and urban development, homelessness is a very distinct and precise definition that you can look up. It's extremely lengthy, but in essence, the person has to be living in a place not suitable for human habitation. Whereas, when you look at homelessness in the definition, for example, uh, the Pasadena Unified School District or the educational system, the definition 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 is different. The definition normally means um, doubling up with another family, uh, not being able to afford your rent, so having to kind of uh, gather different individuals in your household to be able to afford that one rent. And so certainly homelessness could just really mean a lot of housing insecurity uh, for many individuals as well, which we certainly have a lot of that uh, here in Pasadena.
0: Thank you for sharing. And I also Um, I admire what you had stated in terms of just acknowledging that homelessness can happen to anyone, even though people might believe that, oh, it might not happen to me because, you know, I have a stable job or, you know, but really it could happen to anyone. And I think it's important to address that as well. And with that, I wanted to dive into the next question. So I wanted to ask, what are some rewards and challenges that come from working with people that are experiencing homelessness? Well,
2: (laughs) rewards are many. I've been doing this job for quite some time working with people experiencing homelessness and it's not easy. It's certainly challenging for me when the resources are not there. So of course, myself, others that I work with, my colleagues, we have the best intentions in the world and we want to save everyone, we want to help everyone. And we do the best that we can, given the resources that we have. So here at Fruit food pantry, we certainly make sure that they do not walk away hungry, that they walk away with um, hygiene kits, with, with items that they can really use, you know, with hopefully a, a nicer pair of tennis shoes that will hopefully help their aching feet. And so those are all great and they certainly serve in our much needed service for those individuals, but there are far greater needs that they have that oftentimes we're not able to meet. We ourselves are not a housing organization. We don't have shelter here through Salvation Army in the city of Pasadena. So so those are the challenges. So the rewarding part is just seeing that appreciation that individuals have with sometimes the simple things, the simple necessities that we're able to provide them, but then also just, how difficult it is to know that there's so much more that they need that we are not able to provide for them.
1: Yeah, is it hard to connect with like different organizations? um, Because you you only have a specific set of resources?
2: No, that's the, the beauty of it. Pasadena and so many other cities have a wealth of resources. And as a social worker, it has to be your mission to get out there and really put your name out there, get to know organizations. Obviously, things look very different right now because of COVID. But prior to COVID, I certainly made sure that I reached out to different organizations. I attended these meetings, which are, in essence, are almost like roundtables. And and there are big collaborative roundtables that do occur quarterly uh, in various cities that I would make sure to attend so that I can meet the new resource so that if I needed uh, a resource for domestic violence, for human trafficking, for a shelter, for foster youth, you know, you name it, you just need to really get out there and connect and find these resources. And it just means that we as social workers have to um, be very intentional and put, um, you know, uh, that effort uh, to make that happen. Um, There's certainly barriers and it can be challenging at times. Some organizations, you know, like ours are small. They lack the manpower, and they do not always have the the time and ability to set aside to answer you all of the questions. But there's a way to do it Uh, there's certainly uh, a possibility and and that's why and we as social workers need to do that because of course we can't expect always our clients to to be able to do that and I and warm handoffs is definitely the way to go where you want to make sure that you've done your research as a social worker so that when you're referring someone you're not just blindingly referring them to an organization that they may or may not get assistance from
1: yeah it's constantly um like researching and and outreach and just a lot of um, outside work probably that you have to do. Yeah, with um, this big major pandemic that we're going through, I'm sure it's affected like everybody in certain areas, but how have you seen COVID affecting the daily lives of people experiencing homelessness?
2: It definitely has been evident. So we've served quite a large number of individuals uh, pre-pandemic, but those numbers have increased significantly since. Uh, More individuals have come to reach out to us. Um, Our daily program, our daily donation, we do not really ask individuals. We certainly know of many of them and are certain that they're experiencing homelessness. Where others, they may or may not. Maybe they're couch surfing. Maybe they're living in like a garage or or something like that. So so there's definitely not all of our clients that we know um, what they're experiencing. But we've certainly seen an increase in general. We've also um, had a lot more issues. Uh, in the past, there's were normally minor issues, of course, we've had individuals, you know, having a rough day or, or maybe having uh, a mental health, um, you know, breakdown of some sort. Those kind of things certainly occurred before COVID, but we have certainly also noticed that since COVID, we have had far more issues. We are not a facility that has a lot of security or anything like that. We're a very small group, but we have had to, unfortunately, really kind of think of what do we do um, to really kind of increase some of our security here because we have unfortunately had a lot more uh, arguments people just being kind of on edge and i really do attribute that to the fact that everyone's stressed everyone's overwhelmed everyone has COVID fatigue at this point and Imagine going through all of that, and additionally, you are experiencing homelessness. Obviously, it just means that all of this just is compiled even more, and so it's completely understandable for, for people to just kind of be on edge a little bit more, and we uh, we know that that's the case. We know that people, I think, are, are just a little bit more exhausted than they have before, and while we are seeing more issues um, of that nature.
1: Yeah, and in terms of, like... Um, like, supplies and stuff, like, has that been an issue or, like, getting donations?
2: Uh, yes, there have certainly been times where we have seen a significant dip in the, in the items that we have available. But we have also been very fortunate that so many different nonprofits, other organizations, foundations have stepped up and said, hey, we want to support your cause. We know that you are you know, keeping your doors open, providing as many or more services uh, since COVID began. And so we wanna support you. So we are very, very fortunate that we have received grants from various foundations to help us really uh, stay afloat during this increased demand for our services.
1: Yeah, thank you. It it seems like it, there's been like some ups and downs, um, but
0: um, and uh, kind of going off of that question, um, I wanted to ask how exactly would you say that the Salvation Army has adapted to um, ensure the well being of people on the streets during this pandemic?
2: Well, it certainly was a quick shift. I I March sixteenth, twenty twenty. <laughs> well. <laughs> probably forever being ingrained in my brain because it just seemed like it, it happened so drastically. We have a pantry where people used to come in, we'd greet them, we'd let them choose the items that they wanted in our little mini mart that we have, And that had to change because we had to keep our staff and volunteers safe. We had to keep those individuals safe. So quickly, we went from a kind of storefront uh, setup where they come, there's a Big table with plexiglass. We are giving out uh, hand sanitizer. Uh, We're giving out masks. Uh, We're, you know, went out and taped six feet distance all the way down. The side of our building so that people can, you know, please um, stay six feet apart. We partnered up with the city and, and um, allowed them to put a washing station right outside our facilities so that people can wash their hands more frequently and hopefully stay a little bit safer. Um, we had an opportunity to Connect with a uh, with our local health department, and they've come out uh, on a couple of occasions to do COVID testing as well as give flu shots. So certainly, whenever we uh, have those opportunities to get services, you know, provide them more easily to individuals, we love to partner with organizations to do that. Uh, the gloves, uh, masks and hand sanitizer are certainly something that we will continue to do as long as we have those supplies to, to give them. So it has been a big shift, you know, it's, it's asking individuals, keep your mask on. And that has certainly been difficult. I mean, uh, keeping your mask clean is it's a challenge and a mask is only going to do so much if, if you can keep it clean and so of course you know I have my pile of masks that I wash every week and then I, I use but if you're experiencing homelessness that's not going to be the case so just constantly having masks available to provide for individuals and and still providing much needed services. Uh, It certainly has been scary and our staff and volunteers are certainly putting themselves at risk by still being uh, open to the public and and serving people experiencing homelessness. But we take as much precaution as we can for us and for them and continue to provide those much needed services. Uh, Certainly uh, would be a lot
0: safer to just say
2: it's pandemic and let's close our doors, but we know that there's far too many individuals who depend on our services.
0: Yes, I think it is very crucial that you uh, address these difficulties. And in this regard, would you say that there are any certain obstacles that you've personally seen or encountered?
2: Yes, I mean, at, at the beginning, we were hesitant. We were barely getting enough protective uh, equipment for our staff and volunteers. So we certainly saw a challenge. And how do we meet both? Where How do you make that decision of, of keep our staff safe keep them you know safe and and so certainly not the type of decisions that we would like to make so certainly we were trying to get creative how do we ration it how do we make it available you know uh, just having uh, instead of being able to give out individual hand sanitizers maybe having large amounts that they can at least come and use as much as they needed Uh, also how do we limit the way that we provide services because we do want to keep our staff here safe we did have to asked the majority of our volunteers and some of our staff to please stay home. And we were even downsized to a smaller group of individuals for uh, quite a period of time. I think at least for the first uh, three to four months of the pandemic, we wanted to keep them safe and so those are just some of the things that we've had to navigate so I feel like since COVID began we just are constantly on our toes shifting gears uh, making adjustments as needed for us internally as well as for those that we serve Uh, how do we still do intakes but now not allow them in our office how do we you know not expose ourselves as much And so those are just questions that are ongoing and certainly something that I foresee Uh, that is going to really still continue for some time. Um, I'm glad that progress is being made. Uh, Most of our staff and volunteers have all gotten their uh, first and second doses of the vaccine. So that's certainly a sigh of relief. But now, of course, we want to make sure that that vaccine is available for anyone. And those experiencing homelessness, of course, are are part of that group um, so that we can eventually start shifting back to normal. Although I don't know what that normal will look. It's probably going to be different, but at least some sense of normalcy.
1: Yeah, just thank you so much for, like, being those frontline workers that um, are still staying open and trying to, like, even more so advocate for this population. Um, Overall, like, as we close, I just want to ask one more question. Um, How can we advocate and make a positive difference for people experiencing homelessness?
2: I think that the best way that a person can advocate on a, on the most basic of levels is educate yourself of what homelessness uh, is and what it looks like. I think podcasts like this and asking questions and reaching out to the others, even that have far more knowledge than I do, and, and so that then you can start dispelling myths. I think a lot of uh, the best way that we can start breaking down those uh, barriers and misconceptions is. By the word being spread by us, you know, we all have individuals who may not be aware of homelessness, have these misconceptions, you know, your neighbor, your friend, your family member, and just start that, start so that it becomes a much better positive narrative. So that's on a very basic level. I'm a firm, you know, believer in that, but also as a social worker and as, of course, you being um, BSW students. In advocating, you know, get involved uh, with your local leadership. Uh, write letters. Uh, find out, you know, what measures on a ballot uh, for maybe additional housing or additional funding for mental health, and and really just pay attention to those things because it matters. It really can mean the difference between an organization having to close their doors or being able to provide more services. And so really there's different levels at which you can get involved. And so as simple as just talking to your friends and neighbors or, you know, actually getting involved um, on a more, uh, you know, kind of macro or more, um, uh, you know, citywide or statewide level.
1: Yeah, just trying to dispel the myth of, or, or the stigma around um, people experiencing homelessness. Okay. Thank you so much for the time and just speaking with us, educating us more on this uh, complex um, topic. So,
2: You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> Feel free to reach out if you have any further questions and best of luck to you guys. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.